0: back to Challenge to Call with Max and Avery. I'm your host, Max. And I am Avery. How are you guys? All right. so we got a decent amount of stuff to talk about right now. The NFL finally had their combine, so we're going to get into that a little bit. But per Nick's question that we had on YouTube, we're going to talk about Justin Fields some. Nick's question actually got answered a little bit because it is official that Justin Fields is staying with the Bears. We're not looking to trade him. We're not replacing him. Justin Fields is here to stay. Avery, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of potential, like, intriguing draft, like, quarterbacks that are coming out of the draft this year. But, um, no, like, Ryan Poules has already stated that he is going to come out and he is going to trade the number one pick um, away. And so, yeah, Justin Fields is here to stay, and I'm happy for that.
0: Are we uh, we're officially trading the number one pick. We're not going to take anybody number one.
1: It's up in the air. Uh, Ryan Poles said on the first day of media at the combine that he wanted to uh, pursue the trade of the number one pick. Um, but draft day could come. That could be a smoke screen and the Bears could draft. Like, just like, you know, like the Bears could draft a quarterback still. Like, in the first round, the Bears, this could all be a smoke screen saying, we want to stay with Justin Fields. We want to stay with Justin Fields. This could be a smoke screen. or it could be a smokescreen the other way, and we're just going to take Will Anderson or a, um, another awesome player like that.
0: I feel like that wouldn't make well, the most sense because we have the number one. What would we need a smokescreen for? If we wanted a first-pick quarterback, we have the first pick overall. Like, fuck anyone else. Why would we want to cover anything up?
1: So smoke screens are great when you have the first overall pick because, like, with the smoke screen, um, other teams are going to try to send more and more draft picks and, like, production, like, player-wise. They're going to send more and more of that to Chicago because if your smoke screen's great, like, there's a bigger potential there of getting more out of the first overall pick.
0: And, but if our plan is to use the first overall pick for a quarterback, what does it matter what offers we get for it if we are planning on keeping it anyway?
1: Correct. No, I I was just using that as like a dumb example. Like we could still get, take a quarterback, but I don't think we'll take a quarterback. Where uh, Ryan Pulse has been pretty committed to Justin Fields, and I think uh, Justin Fields is here to stay.
0: Yeah, I, I think polls Fields is our guy. We're definitely not drafting quarterback. That would just be a dumb move by the Bears. Uh, CJ Stroud actually said in his press conference, they asked him about uh, going to the Bears or whatever, being with Justin again, and he said no. He doesn't want to do it. He's like, that's Justin's team. Like, I don't want to go to Justin's team. I want to go take over somewhere else.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and I respect the hell out of uh, – cj stroud for saying that um i also cj stroud said what two quarterbacks do you look up to i don't know if you saw this and he said uh deshaun watson and michael vick and like, oh god if i'm an nfl scout and uh cj Stroud's like yeah i look up to deshaun watson and michael vick Whew! those are two <laughs> great guys to look up to man yeah those are those are quite the top two
0: choices for there but uh <laughs> What power to you. I hope he means on the field more so than (laughs) anything off the field.
1: For sure. Hey, if he means on the field, we're all right. But (laughs) woo, that's rough.
0: Anyway, speaking of this uh, first round pick situation, let's start with we did have the NFL Combine. So, assuming we maybe use the first round pick, let's look at a couple of the options that we might be taking.
1: Yeah. So, um. Definitely Will Anderson. Like uh, Will Anderson's been on everybody's radar forever now. Um, Will Anderson ran great at the combine. Uh, Well, no, I wouldn't say great. He had kind of a little bit of a lax uh, luster. uh, I'm trying to pull up this right now. Where did it go? Well, so his combine score it was a seven point oh two. Yep. And that score
0: is indicative of. Uh, what is it? A will eventually
1: be starter? Or yeah, starter? essentially. No, it, it would be like eventually would be after three years in the league. He um, was the number one
0: edge rusher, though, in the combine results. As far as grades go, he was number one for edge rush.
1: Yeah, so uh, the NFL, they uh, they compare him to DeMarcus Ware, uh, and he was a really good edge rusher in the NFL for years. Um he did really good. Uh, he ran his 40 at a 4.6, sub 4.6, which isn't bad. Uh, his 10 yard split was 1.61. So he didn't do the vertical jump. He didn't do the broad jump, three cone drill, or bench. Um, that will probably happen. But he's in that 6.3, 250. And when I look at this guy, I think Khalil Mack Jr. Like, I mean, I hope. Because, like, if we're going to take an edge rusher, number one, he's got to be on the level of Joey Boza, Khalil Mack. Look at those type of players that oh, have yeah. win in the first round. Um, Which,
0: based on his grade, I'm not sure if he's quite that, because you would think as a will-be starter, is not quite great as, like, a, hey, this guy will come and start. Like, he's graded at an eight or so. But at the same time, we did just lose uh, – Uh, What was a quad? um, Yeah. Yeah. We just lost him. So he was our edge rush. He was supposed to be coming over with Nagy from the Colts. So I don't hate this as an option for just replacing him. You know, like we lost him. He wasn't super productive. Wasn't a huge help on the team. Maybe we bring in Will Anderson Jr. And, you know, he actually is a real good help on that D line.
1: For sure. Um, And so, like, I really enjoy Will Anderson uh, Jr. Um, Another edge rusher that I just want to talk about very slightly is uh, Nolan Smith from Georgia. He's very undersized, uh, but he blew everybody away. He's uh, 6'2", 245, which, you know, for an edge rusher, got to pack on some weight. Um, Yeah. But he it's a, will eventually be a starter, 6.24 grade. And he ran a 4.39 as an edge rusher. A 4.39, that's what running backs and wide receivers run and DBs. 4.39 is insane, especially at damn near 250. Like, that's insane. And so that's why his draft stock is skyrocketing right now. Um, I see the Bears taking Nolan Smith if we trade out of the top 10. I, yeah, I don't if, think he's with a a n- later pick. Yes, like I don't think he'd be a number one guy, but I think he would be a solid. Like, okay, we traded down with the Panthers at nine, and Nolan Smith's there. Fine, you know, Will Anderson's gone, but hey, we could get Nolan Smith from Georgia. Um, same with another player that I'm going to talk about, and uh, I know you've mentioned this a lot, is wide receivers that pairing up quarterbacks with uh, their college teammate wide receivers. It's worked out a lot for a lot of teams lately. Look at Joe Burrow and um, Jamar Chase. Um, If we got Jackson Smith Najaba from Ohio State and paired him back up with Justin Fields, I think that'd be incredible. That would be
0: incredible. And the Bears just need some receivers. Like, there, we were just looking at some of Justin's stats the other day and everything, and I forget the exact percentage, but m- most of his yards, or over 50% of his yards, like I think it was close to 80%, were off of scrambles and stuff like that because he has no good receivers that can get open that he can get the ball to. So that's, that's the key thing I think the Bears are missing. Like, yes, it'd be nice to have a good defense, you know, kind of, help hold teams other, hold teams down a little bit. But we've seen how that's worked out for Iowa. Iowa has a number two defense in college football, but without a solid offense backing that up, it's just not a successful team environment. Like I, we need offense. And right now receivers, the passing game, that's the offense we need to get going. And I'm not saying that anything against fields. Fields can pass. He can throw a ball downfield. He's definitely got an arm. He just needs someone that's going to actually be down there and catch it.
1: Yeah. And I agree. Um, Jackson Smith in the Jabba, he uh, skipped the 40 yard dash at the combine. So we won't see what he ran at the combine, unfortunately. So we don't know his speed. We don't know his, uh, three corner, corner drill. Um, uh, I think, but his statistics, let alone at Ohio State, like his production is insane. And a couple of years back, when uh when Justin Fields was with uh, Ohio State, Jackson Smith won uh, freshman of the year because of his outburst and outbreak with Justin Fields. So, like, I would love to pair up Jackson Smith Najaba with Justin Fields. It would give him his go-to receiver. This right here, I don't know if I love taking a wide receiver in the top ten picks. Um, this would definitely have to be a we traded down to like sixteen with Washington or something like that. That's what I would say. But uh, yeah, I if think if you were gonna if you were gonna
0: take if you were gonna take a receiver like number one overall, you would definitely want to be picking. A very very top notch receiver who is like a complete stud and is going to basically have the offense revolve around him. Like you're going to want to pick a guy that you are going to cater the offense to. You know that if you're taking a receiver number one overall, it has to be just an absolute stud. And uh, Jackson Smith Najaba, he's nine for receivers. His ranking is, uh, you know, good backups, average backup, somewhere in there. Not the s- highest of ranking, but definitely a good pick. Just maybe not number one overall quality
1: guy. No, not at all. Not at all. But, yeah, uh, we had a lot of uh, good uh, players that uh, I, I – who was that number one? So someone ran a 4, t- four 2 six, which is insane to me. DJ Turner. He ran a 426 and um he's from out of Michigan a cornerback. Um I don't know how well he is. I don't really know. I'm not familiar with the name, but he ran a 426 and I thought that was pretty impressive.
0: That that is definitely impressive. Um I I just want to point I know we were talking about this a minute earlier, but you are all about your 40 yard dash times. Like I 40 they're nice to look at I will mainly look at the 40 the vertical and the bench those are my 3 that I kind of like eyeball a little bit but outside of that like the it's we're not in track this is football you know like you can have a look at Max Duggan let's let's get into our NFL combine a little bit Max Duggan number 1 quarterback in 40 yard dash time every other category underperformed a little bit his rating is a 58 something like average backup uh, or special teams guy like his 40 was incredible his 40 looks amazing that is not the whole story like a 40 is such a like small part of like this is football there's so much more that goes into that overall rating than just
1: how fast can you run for sure. So, Max Duggan, he was the second fastest 40. Second fastest. Uh, but still, like, yeah, he ran a four five two, which is impressive for a quarterback. Um, but, yeah, you're right. He, he was very lackluster in, like, every other category. I know he came in last with the vertical jump, uh, second to last in the broad jump. Um, he threw well. I mean, yeah. so, uh, like... I liked seeing that Max Duggan through well, uh, but no, you're right. I mean, the combine, it isn't just for the 40. It's just something that I look forward to is the 40. Uh, and so I like to look at the 40, but I do watch like the whole combine. Like I like watching the throwing drills. I like watching the broad jump. I like watching the bench press. Um, so, and I think it just depends for certain positions. Like I feel like the drink, yeah. a three cone drill, isn't that important for a quarterback. No, I, I, it's not like, I, I don't think that like, but for a linebacker, I think this is like one of the best drills, 20 yard shuffle. I think it's great for a tight end, but I don't think it's great for a quarterback. And so, I mean, that's why I think the four, like when I look at the 40 yard dash, I think it's great for everybody because you can see the speed, maybe not offense alignment but yeah, you know what I mean like it's great for everybody you can see that speed because even as a defensive end, you're gonna have to chase down a running back that's running 20 yards up the field if for sure. you know but the- a, a
0: big factor with it a big factor with it too is speed. I'm going to get a little strength and conditioning on you here, but like a 40 yard dash is a very, very linear, unimpeded speed. Whereas like, we're talking like for an edge rusher, like the guy you were talking about, like super crazy 40 time for an edge rusher, but he's a little bit undersized and a little, you know, like not the hugest guy. Like that's great. He can run, he can be the fastest edge rusher there is, but if he doesn't have the power or the lateral speed, because speed is more than just linear, like, front foot you need lateral speed as well change of direction agility and so if you have an amazing 40 time as an edge rusher but you don't have the power or lateral speed or maneuverability to get around the offensive tackle then I don't care how fast you can run because you can't get around that tack or that tackle just has to poke you and you're on the ground like speed is such a small, small factor of overall football. That's all I'm saying. Like the 40-yard dash is such a short, very linear, unimpeded race. That's very different than going head-to-head against any sort of opponent.
1: Yeah, which I agree, I guess. I mean, but I just like seeing this. I just like seeing it. I I, I I don't know. I don't know why. Um, do you want to get into the Iowa guys? Yeah, so uh, like I said, we're moving into
0: our NFL combine a little bit. We had how many guys from Iowa? Five? Five guys from Iowa that competed. Riley Moss, Jack Campbell, Kayvon Merriweather, Sam Laporta, and Luke Van Ness. Of those guys, I don't know. Who did better, Luke Van Ness or Jack Campbell, would you say?
1: I thought Jack Campbell, like, tore it up. Um, what was that stat that I sent you that – uh. I found that it was just like so impressive to me.
0: Um, I don't remember, but Jack Campbell came in number four out of ratings for linebackers. Luke Van Ness was number six for edge rushers. So Campbell was ranked higher in his position. The actual ranking number though, Luke Van Ness was a 6.38. That is a, will eventually be a starter. Uh, Jack Campbell was a 6.18, which is a good backup slash developmental starter. But I mean, developmental starters, that's, that's kind of Iowa's whole shtick is, you know, we're a big developmental kind of team. I think that carries over into sending guys into the NFL is we're going to send them out. They're going to continue to develop in the professional league and they're going to continue having success there. So developmental starter to me, isn't that big of like a, oh, they're not going to go and play right away. Like, no, that's still a huge success. Like, you know.
1: Yeah, so Jack Campbell is the only linebacker since 2003 to measure in over 6'4", jump more than 37 inches in the vertical and a 10'8 in the broad jump, and ran a sub-4'7". Campbell holds the top NGS Athletic score of 89 amongst all linebackers this year at the Combine. So... That's impressive. His athletic, uh, so like, and if you look at the breakdown and everything, yeah. Which I don't understand the production score because production score is what they did in college. Jack Campbell was amazing in college. Why is he getting a seventy-four? Like, I don't get like that production. Maybe it's because it's Iowa. I don't know. But uh, he did get an eighty-nine on uh, his athletic score in the combine. If he just goes and plays like everybody saw him play at Iowa. He's going to be just fine. And that
0: production score being a little low for whatever, we, that could be why his overall rating is lower to developmental starter. Maybe once he gets in, even if he does start right away, maybe they'll quickly realize, oh, nah, this guy should be a starter right now. He should be going. We need him on the field.
1: For sure. I think, Cable, well, wasn't he, He. I think he won, uh, uh Like, yeah, back. Um, I
0: know what you're thinking of the like best linebacker award type of deal. I can't think of the name,
1: yeah. He won that last year. I his production at Iowa, he's like, like we said, he's gonna be surely missed. He was amazing at Iowa, and I hope you know the Bears need a middle linebacker, and maybe in the third round, we take a flyer on Jack Campbell. I would be absolutely, because that's what, like, I think I think the combine helped, but going into the combine, he was a fourth, fifth round projection. Um, I'm guarantee he'll go third, second. Uh, second, second to the fourth now. With just seeing like this explosion of like, oh, wow, this guy he's athletic. Like, I, I guarantee like he'll go late second, early fourth at this oh, point yeah. forward. i
0: think i think he would be a steal for any team i think he is an awesome linebacker like you said super accredited he ha- was the best in college at one point he has the best linebacker award in college he who was, was he the game mvp in uh our bowl game i can't remember
1: i think it was uh, i don't i don't remember i don't want to be wrong i think it was yeah. uh gene though
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was DeGene, but uh, still, Jack Campbell, just phenomenal talent. Uh, continuing on with some of the defense that we're losing. Our, I know I mentioned Luke Van Ness a little bit too. Uh, another edge rusher coming out of the NFL Combine. Iowa State also had an edge rusher as their top ranked guy. Luke Van Ness was our top ranked guy, and so something about Iowa and not only tight ends but. Defensive ends, as a state, even Iowa, Iowa State, defensive ends. I guess that's what we're putting out right now. But um they're both eventually will be starters. That's kind of their rating 6.41, 6.38. Uh, Luke Van Ness was sixth overall for edge rushers. Uh, will McDonald was fifth overall for edge rushers. So two in the top six coming out of Iowa,
1: which is impressive. I think that's pretty solid. Um, I know Will McDonald going into this year. He had a down year at Iowa State, but I know he was projected a top ten pick this upcoming year, uh, and he's fallen. And like that happens in the in college football when seniors come back. Unfortunately, look at Brock Purdy, and then look what he could do at yeah. like like Brock was probably projected a second, third round pick if he would have came out as a junior. He had a rough senior year. And he becomes Mr. Irrelevant and then becomes relevant again. Um, but – and so, like, Will McDonald, like, I don't know. Like, I really like um, – and it sucks because, like, Iowa-Iowa State rivalry. But I really hope Will McDonald – I like to see Iowa State guys succeed in the NFL. Because sure. it just makes Iowa look better.
0: Yeah. I, I like all the guys going into the – I like to see guys from Iowa – Iowa state, even you and I, I like seeing them go and have a sex- successful future at the professional level.
1: For sure. Um, but like you mentioned for Lucas, vanness he he, uh, what was his grade? 6.38. Yep. Um, so he's actually projected a mid first round pick right now. Uh, they're talking about the lions as a potential landing spot to pair up right now. Uh, on the other side of Aiden Hutchinson, so that would be extremely interesting to see. Um, I would hate that, but because they're in the different mixed feelings. feelings for sure. But uh, you know, mo- uh, much respect, and I hope Lucas Ness, like he goes out and he shows everybody why he is a first round pick because he was an animal this year. Like his draft got, uh, like talk about production, man. He was. He was insane for Iowa last year. so Definitely. He was
0: a huge factor of our defense, as are a lot of other guys that we're going to be losing. But let's get into the secondary of that defense a little bit. We had uh, Riley Moss, Kayvon Merriwe- Merriweather. They were both here. Uh, both of them had ratings of – or no. Riley Moss had a rating of a good backup or developmental starter, 6.12. Kayvon Merriweather had a 5.97. Which is an average backup or um, a special team player, which still isn't too bad. Uh, definitely, I think Merweather's not as—I would say—not as good or not as great. I—I I really like Riley Moss. I—I I couldn't tell you what it is. I'm a huge fan of Riley Moss. He did come number twentieth for cornerbacks, which is kind of low, but still at the same time, I think Riley Moss is awesome. I think wherever he goes, he's going to find a lot of success and I'm really excited to see him compete at the next level.
1: So yeah, uh, Riley Moss, he's a burner. I mean, a four, four, five, that's insane. Um, his athletics, uh, score was out of like the room, but he's six, one in one Um, I've seen a lot of rumors that Riley Moss will be a better safety in the NFL than he will be a cornerback. Um, especially with that height, safety one, close to 6'2". Usually safeties are a little bit bigger. You, he puts on 20, 30 pounds. He's sitting at 220. I think he'd be a great safety. Um, and I think he would develop into one of the best safeties, which kind of sucks because I think he's a great cornerback. Um, but, yeah, no, Riley, he, he, uh, he's going to make it in the league. And everybody knows it. Like he's got the potential. He's played five years at Iowa because he had that m- medical red shirt when he was a sophomore. Um, so I don't have much more to talk about Riley Moss, but I want to talk about Kayvon Mer- Merriweather. He was okay. rough uh, when you're a four when you're on a four six two as a DB, like. NFL scouts aren't even looking at you at that point. And the broad jump, not great. Vertical jump, not great for a DB. 10 yard split was good, um, which is actually could help because, you know, beating a receiver off the line, uh, that could help. Um, but I just don't see Merriweather making it in the NFL. I don't see him getting drafted. Um, I see him in a year or two being in the XFL well actually next year, XFL, USFL, being a developmental guy trying to get to the NFL. I I love Meriwether and I loved what he did for the University of Iowa. But I just don't see him in the NFL.
0: Yeah. He he's a good player, he's a good guy. He a part of me just wonders, like, is he just a little bit worn? Like, is his, is that why he was a little slower, didn't have the best jumps? Like, is he just a little bit because did he deal with injuries at all? I can't remember. I feel like I've seen him wearing a knee.
1: Yeah, I think he dealt with injuries. Um, let's see. Takes uh, And here are some of the weaknesses. Takes a long time to cover ground on the back end. Speedy running backs can wipe out his pursuit angles. Below average route anticipation. Big stalls are evident when flipping hips to match the route. Uh, might not have the instincts to play safety at a high level, and that's a rough one. The that's, that's the hardest one you could get because that's not something that you can
0: really develop or learn or kind of train. But like instincts are instinct. If you don't have the right kind of instincts, that is tremendously hard, especially at this point. Like maybe in high school you don't have the greatest instincts you can maybe develop that throughout college throughout high school still etc but you're moving on you just finished college
1: you're trying to find a professional level the instincts got to be there definitely and that's the hard part because like like you say like you don't want to see like your guys like that's like getting bad news from a doctor i mean like no instincts sorry yeah maybe he can like use this and like feed it as like motivation when he gets into the nfl who knows uh but yeah uh what about um sam laporta
0: moving My- into the offensive laporta. side a little bit we got iowa tight end u sam laporta working on another one he was uh number 10 for tight ends in overall rankings he was, also had a 6.38 um or no, 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 6.12, same as Riley Moss, uh, which is a good backup slash developmental starter. So one fun fact, though, about Laporta, half of his numbers are like his height, weight, uh, 40 time, etc., cetera, all that stuff, nearly identical to George Kittle.
1: I heard about that. Yeah. Um, I think – he is George Kittle. I I hate to say that, but I don't know. Like what I found. No one's George Kittle. Uh evidently Siri's trying to look up George Kittle. Um but I think uh him running a 4.59 as a tight end, that's great. Like that's good yeah. speed for a tight end. Um his broad jump is good. I mean, not not eh, it's good. And then his vertical jump is really good for a tight end. Um and his NFL comparison is uh George Kittle, okay, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, but he, uh, uh, they, when we compare him to George Kittle, he's still going in the third, fourth round. I don't know why. I don't know why they have him projected in the third or fourth round. I mean, they say inconsistent angles and accuracy as a blocker takes the worst of it as a lead blocker. Which that's not common from NFL or Iowa tight ends. Usually, when they come out of Iowa, they are known to be great blocking tight ends. Um, but Laporta, like we saw that, we saw him struggle at Iowa as a blocker. I mean, he was a great tight end, uh, pass catching tight end. And, but isn't that what the NFL is now? Pass catching tight ends. You want to say
0: it it is, like, tremendously important to be able to do a little bit of both. Like, you've got to block and you've got to pass catch. Like, as a tight end, you've got to be super, super versatile. But, yes, this is very, very much a passing league anymore. And as far as blocking goes, especially from a tight end perspective, you don't necessarily have to be a huge kick-ass blocker. Stand in the way. <laughs> if, right. if you're if you're good enough to just be in between the like defensive pursuit and the running back behind you, that's good enough. Just get in the way a little bit. You don't necessarily have to be paincaking guys 10 yards down the field to be a successful blocker as a tight end. You just have to be able to move yourself in between and hold your ground a little bit, just for a little bit, and you'll be alright. Because yeah, like you said. You're not going to be defending a pass rush most of the time. You're going to be out on a route somewhere. If you're lead blocking, it's mostly just let the back know which way to cut off of you. Just you know, just give them a second, two second window. So blocking's hugely important, but it shouldn't, in my head, be that difficult as a tight end.
1: For sure, and um. He is projected in the third round, but I want to mention something. We talked about uh, the Lions looking at Lo- uh, Lucas Van Ness. They're also Dan Campbell came out and said all positive things about Sam LaPuta. Um, we well, did is, just what,
0: lose T.J. Hawkinson. So what
1: what is wrong with uh, Dan Campbell? To get away from Iowa players. kinda. Iowa, where's, where's Matt Eberflus? Where's Matt Eberflus? That's what I want for the Bears. I want the
0: Bears to be thinking like the Lions right now. Like, I want them looking at Iowa. I want them saying, hey, this Jack Campbell guy, this Sam Laporta, fuck it, let's take Riley Moss, Luke Van Ness. I, I just want all the Iowa players to graduate and go be Bears.
1: The hilarious thing is with the five guys, and you add in, like, um, Will McDonald and uh, Xavier Hutchinson from uh, Iowa State, the wide yep. receiver. If you add in all seven of those guys, they're all projected in different spots in the draft. Like You could take Lucas Van Ness in the first round as a mid-round pick. Jack Campbell is number two. Will McDonald... Oh, wait. Uh, okay, no. Well, you could take uh, Will McDonald in the second round, Jack Campbell in the third round, fourth round, Sam Laporta, Fifth round, you go with uh, Riley Moss. Sixth round, Xavier Hutchinson. And then just take a flyer on Merriweather in the seventh round. And then you got an all-Iowa, Iowa Iowa State draft. It's like something you would do in Madden.
0: If (laughs) Iberflus did that, if if Iberflus had two back-to-back Iowa picks in a row, people would give him so much shit. Like, why? What are you doing with Iowa, right? Which, honestly, would make somewhat sense in my head. Because like I said earlier, Iowa had the number two defense in college football they all did. year. So if one team took back to back Iowa defensive players,
1: like it doesn't like, make
0: that, that makes sense. It makes sense to me.
1: I mean, yeah, because like just look at Jack Campbell and Lucas Van Ness alone. Like their combine was great. So like you take you need an edge rusher. There's Lucas Van Ness, good size. You need a consistent linebacker, there he is in the third round, second, third round. Like you could easily do it. I mean, if NFL teams do that, that would be insane, but I, they don't, that would be crazy. Just seeing all Iowa, Iowa state teams going to like the Jaguars or something.
0: Oh God. <laughs> At that rate, would we have to, would we have to support the Jaguars? I think so. <laughs>
1: iowa 2.0, maybe. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, I mean, that's really all we got for Iowa, guys. But uh, Anthony Richardson, man, um, he's climbing up the draft. Quarterback out of Florida. Yeah, quarterback out of Florida. He is climbing up the draft boards. In the beginning of the year, he was projected a fourth-round pick. Since the season ended, there's bets of him going first overall over Bryce Young. Um, He had a decent year at Florida. Like and who says like the stable like is that you gotta win games as a quarterback in college? I don't think you gotta win games. Look at Josh Allen. Like, I mean, it's nice if you have a winning quarterback from a winning program because they know how to win. But Anthony Richardson, he played in a tough SEC. He's got a projected of a six point three five, will eventually be a plus starter uh prospect grade. This man is 6'4 and 244 pounds.
0: I mean, it's like we have been saying with Justin Fields. Like, like, yeah, you typically want a quarterback that's a winner, like you said, from a winning program. But quarterbacks can't win a game by themselves. They, Like you said, they need a program around them to help them succeed. They can get a lot done by themselves. They can be the biggest difference maker in a program. But that doesn't mean they can do everything by themselves just because they didn't have a winning. Re- did they even have a winning record? They could still have a winning record, and not be super successful, but I think they did uh, Florida. So even so like- just with the winning record, even though you weren't maybe in the playoffs or the sec championship or anything like that, that doesn't mean you are not a phenomenal quarterback who maybe if you weren't there, maybe Florida doesn't even have a winning record. Maybe they don't win a single game. Without you, you can still be a high, high elite quarterback and not win
1: college football playoffs. (laughs) They went seven and six. Okay. So barely winning, barely winning pedestrian, which is fine. Uh, but it's more of like his athleticism. That's like showed a lot lately. Um, they're comparing him. Uh, his NFL comparison is Cam Newton. And that would make a lot of sense. Um, because he ran a 4-4-3. Justin Fields' 40-yard uh, dash was a 4-4. A 4-4-4. And Anthony Richardson, 20 pounds heavier, ran a 4-4-3. Which, I mean, pretty much the same thing. 10-yard uh, split, 1.53. Vertical jump, 40.5, which is insane. 40.5 is insane. And then a broad jump of a ten nine. That's pretty solid. Um, he's just like, when you build a quarterback in a lab, that's who he is. Like, I, like, I hate to say it, but that's kind of like, this is like the typical Madden quarterback that you would build. 64 245 98 speed. Like, I mean, that's kind of like the way I look at Anthony Richardson. Um, the one thing with him, he has a lot of accuracy issues. Um, uh he needs to work on his feet um he needs to learn about uh, manipulating coverages with his eyes and uh loses track of coverage and will throw into danger who, who does that mean? sound like in the nfl right now that when he first came out of the league, or in the draft who does that sound like
0: a handful of guys honestly <laughs> uh yeah. trevor lawrence joe burrow Josh Allen, joe
1: <laughs> Like I and so I don't understand where like people's knack is on this guy. Like of course. Like I don't understand why people are like, "No, nah, why is he up there?" Because Bryce Young's 59. That's why. I mean, Bryce Young is 5 you no, know, he weighed it, he measured in at 5'11. But still, he is 5'11 generous 5'11. There's a reason why a 6'4 Anthony Richardson climbed up the draft.
0: And I mean, he, so he is number three based in ratings right now. So we got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and number three, Anthony Richardson. So <laughs> he should go pretty high in the draft. Just like you said, height-wise, weight-wise, athleticism, he's an NFL quarterback. He is the kind of breed of an NFL quarterback that the NFL is converting to right now. I'm not sure that Bryce Young technically is, because he's not a runner.
1: No, he's not. He's just a pocket. He's, well, he can run if he needs he to can. run. he can. Yeah. Same with CJ Stroud. He can run if he needs to run. Um, but yeah, no, he's not a runner. Um, he's, and he's not even the best pocket. He's not even the best passer in the uh, draft this year, Bryce Young. He's just got the most accomplishments. That's yeah. what it is. And I wouldn't even say that because I would say Stetson Bennett has the most accomplishments. Like if you're being honest in the draft, I wouldn't even say Bryce Young ha- is being the most accomplished quarterback Stetson Bennett is. I don't know what draft stock sees in him and I don't know why like people are like, "Oh, we need to trade Justin Fields for Bryce Young." Um because why?
0: Yeah, why? I would not want Bryce Young whatsoever on the Bryce Young would fail tremendously on the Bears.
1: I agree 100%. He would not make it out of the first 3 years. No. Um But the reason I mentioned Anthony Richardson climbing up, and then you got to remember Will Levis, uh, out of Kentucky. He's still there is with Anthony Richardson, like performing the way he has performed. Do you think that this is going to be, do you think we're going to get more bang for our buck because of Anthony Richardson? Like, or do you think the two, one, two is still set in CJ Stroud or Bryce Young? Or do you think people are gonna see like the athleticism, see how well he did at the combine? And is Anthony Richardson gonna like bring in even more teams for the Bears to trade?
0: I could definitely see where he makes a little where he's a little bit of a difference maker because uh, I could see some teams that maybe don't necessarily need need a quarterback right now, but like could definitely use one or will need one by next year or so. I could see them liking him just as a kind of, hey, we're gonna sit you under <clears throat> whoever for a year. You know, we're gonna sit yeah. you under just one kind of about to retire. Who Aaron Rodgers, we're gonna sit you under Aaron Rodgers for a year, and then you're gonna be our big running, like now developed quarterback that we're gonna have our next franchise with.
1: That makes sense. I I think, I think that is like a really good uh, observation with that. I think he'll be good. I think he'll be really good in the NFL. But, and then he also gives me Trey Lance vibes. Yeah,
0: could very well be.
1: Yeah, like, you never know. So, but the difference between him is he was a three-year starter at Florida. Trey Lance was literally a year starter. Yeah. but uh moving on to uh, Charlie Jones. I don't know if you remember Charlie Jones. He uh, played at Iowa. Uh, he transferred to Purdue for his senior year. Uh, but he was in the combine, and he balled out for Iowa. Uh, he ran a 4 at the combine and a 1.51 10-yard split, a vertical jump of 36.5, and a broad jump of 10-4. Uh, his score is a 5.96. Average backup or special teamers. I think that's a perfect spot for him right now. He reminds me of a wide receiver that Bill Belichick would draft um, as the Julian Edelman type, you know, Wes Welker type. So, yeah, I just needed to mention Charlie Jones.
0: For sure. The biggest thing that seeing him doing this and whatever, blah, 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 is just why do you leave Iowa? You know, like, I mean, for receivers, I get it. Iowa doesn't like to pass the ball or at least pass the ball successfully if you're not a tight end. (laughs) So as a receiver, I could kind of understand why you don't enjoy being at Iowa. Part of our issues with Brian Fairings and why he needs to go. But it just makes me sad seeing guys that like transfer, especially for one year. Like you got one senior year. And, like, you're going to say you're leaving? What, like, at that rate, why?
1: Because uh, his high school quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, was the quarterback at Purdue, starting quarterback at Purdue.
0: And that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, yeah, like, that's, you're, you're leaving to go to something specific, not necessarily leaving to leave something specific.
1: And then you kind of look at, like, Eric All, the tight end that transferred to Iowa this year. He followed Cade McNamara for, sure, for I, sure. I mean, Which it's a- that one makes
0: that one makes sense though because your quarterback left. Not your old high school quarterback set, like your quarterback that you've been playing college football with left. Now, if Spencer Beatrice left and Charlie Jones went somewhere with him or something like that would make more kind of sense in my head that I mean, not not considering <laughs> who Spencer Petras is, but you get the idea. That oh my guy! Oh God! You oh. you get the you get the philosophy of what I'm saying. I, I the philosophy.
1: <laughs> I feel sorry for any receiver that's like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Spencer Petrus, I gotta follow him anyway. If anything we'd have transfers coming in, if Spencer Petrus. <laughs> We're like, oh, he's gone, he's gone,
0: and gone. <laughs> uh, um, no, the, I think the reason the reason I'm uh, so adamant about it right now is because I'm gonna move us into our basketball segment now. I'll give you guys an Iowa update, but before I do, I was watching Iowa State play West Virginia, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I saw a familiar face on West Virginia's uh court um uh, Tucson can't think of his first name but um Tucson from Iowa. yeah I was like I was like wait a minute i I know him Tucson that name's for, like he was on Iowa, wasn't he? I thought he was just like graduated I thought he was gone like he's still playing. It's like why the hell what's he doing in West Virginia? Why did he <laughs> go to West Virginia? I liked Tucson. he was a fast little guy he moved, he was like, our point guard, he moved the ball around. He was super quick. He got a lot of steals. I was like, why did he leave Iowa?
1: <laughs> I mean, it just happens sometimes. Oh, are you talking about Joe Toussaint? Joe, yes. Joe Toussaint. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was good at Iowa. I've been looking yeah. at the stats right now. He was pretty solid. I mean, yeah. he's given a significant amount of minutes in West Virginia this year, though. Maybe it was a playing time thing. He's given Maybe. a lot- I mean, I don't know. To- 28 minutes a game is averaging uh 17 points a game. I, that's pretty good. What did he get at Iowa, though?
0: Minutes per game, which I
1: understand playing
0: time a little bit, but I that's part of – So
1: how, about 16.2 how uh in 21-22. So, I mean, about a 10-minute difference, and then 2021, 20, it was nine minutes per game. So So.
0: I can understand the playing time difference a little bit, but I mean, I don't, that's just kind of what Iowa does, you know, like we have multiple guys that we shuffle through. And I think that's part of what makes us so successful is we don't let five players sit on the court the entire game with like one or two rotational subs. Like we have a whole slew of guys that we rotate through. We rest our guys. We get other guys out there like, I, I don't know. It just made me sad. It made me really, really want Iowa State to beat them because I was feeling a little hurt by Joe Toussaint leaving. And I really wanted to just, Iowa State to like, hey, fuck you. <laughs> but <laughs> the, Iowa State lost, Western Virginia won. So whatever. My only next hope is that they uh, face off against Iowa and March Madness somehow and we can put a boot to them there. But
1: it would be, be awesome. <sighs> it would be. I would love
0: it. Um, getting into Iowa basketball a little bit. Then I'll give you guys the update. We played at number 17 ranked Indiana. We won 90 to 68. Avery, did you watch? I did watch.
1: Nice. What'd you think it, of that game? I was, I was ecstatic. I was flabbergasted. I, I wasn't, I did not think Iowa had it in them. I know we, yeah. didn't we have a really good game before? Who'd we play before? Indiana.
0: Right before Indiana, we played yeah.
1: – It was like a really impressive game that we – who was it? Ah, hold on. Right before
0: Indiana, we had played – oh, that was our Michigan State game.
1: Yes, okay. okay. Yeah, okay, Michigan yeah. State, overtime 112 to 106. Yeah. That game just sparked something in us, and I hope I it keeps going that. for the year because you they played with a swagger, man. They played so good and they looked like a team for once. And like, I just, I was pretty impressed. I am super
0: pumped. Um, We, after winning that game or after winning that game slash, I forget who it was, Michigan losing to Illinois or or beating Illinois, which I I forget which way it was. No, 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 no. Illinois beating Michigan. Yeah. After Illinois beat Michigan, there was a six-way tie for second place in the Big Ten. Six teams were eleven and eight, and guess how many of those teams? Guess how many losses Iowa had with all the teams that were uh, eleven and eight? How many? Two. We had two losses. One of them to. Uh, one second, let me look. One of them to Northwestern most recently, and the other one to Purdue, which is number one. Outside of that, we won five of them, because we beat Northwestern once, we beat Indiana twice, and then we beat Maryland, and we beat Michigan. So Iowa, I think, is the number two seed right now for the Big Ten tournament. Our upcoming game is at Nebraska, who we did lose to the first time. So Slightly nervous there. I'm very hopeful, though, because like you said, our past two games have been stellar games. Is that today? I hope you don't drop the ball. That's today, right? Or that Sunday? is today. Sunday. Uh, today, yeah. Today is Sunday.
1: You want to make a three-and-a-half-hour drive up? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I have my own intramural basketball game at 6-3. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, Man, I'm going to probably hop on and see how much the tickets are. That would be an interesting. That would be awesome. Honestly, yeah. you,
0: you definitely should do that. I'll, I'll just be streaming it from home, you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> you definitely should do that. Um, secondly, another game today is Iowa, the women's team. They're playing Ohio State for the big 10 tournament championship right now that is today at four o'clock. Um, I'm not sure what time this episode will come out, but you know, by the time you guys are watching this, the men's team will probably already be playing. The women's team will might've just started, but I kind of want to watch that one too. That one is actually in Iowa city at Carver arena. (laughs) It'd be fun (laughs) to go to that. Like I said, I've got my own basketball game later in the day. So (laughs) probably not, but, um, yeah, good luck to them. They're they're also seeded number two, the women's team. Uh, Ohio State was seeded number four. They actually took down number one, Indiana, in the semifinals. So that's kind of good for the women's team. They're not playing the number one seed. They're playing the number two seed, even though they have beat Indiana in the regular season. Speaking of the Big Ten tournament, getting into the men's uh, side of things, I think we have a really good shot at winning – the big 10 tournament again and hear me out it's not because i think we can beat everybody i'm just saying that because i don't think we beat purdue i am not confident against facing off against purdue and coming out with a dub but i think we can beat anybody else that we come across and i think purdue can slip up and lose to indiana Rutgers, or uh Who else beat them this year? Somebody else. Northwestern. I think Purdue can lose to Indiana, Rutgers, or Northwestern who have already beaten Purdue before. And then we can face off against one of those teams possibly in the championship game. And I think those games, those are all teams we have beaten at least once before. And we can take care of again.
1: For sure. I I like that, you know, let uh, Purdue get beat by somebody else. Hopefully (laughs) that happens. Like, (laughs) Because, yeah, it seems like Purdue is our kryptonite right now. Um, Indiana, uh, I'm not scared of Indiana. After that nope. game, I'm not scared of Indiana. We, I'm not scared of Illinois. Realize. Yeah, I'm not scared of Illinois. I The only team in the Big Ten I am scared of is Purdue. Um, but I like that you mentioned uh, the girls' basketball. Uh, I want to talk about Caitlin Clark and so. shout out. Caitlin Clark, um, she's had an incredible year, man. She's only a junior, twenty six points, uh, twenty six point nine points per game, seven point four rebounds, eight point one assists, and forty six point eight percent shooting field goal percentage.
0: Caitlin Clark is an absolute beast. She is a stud. Like I, it is. Insane. She's a Steph Curry. She is the Steph Curry of women's basketball. Like literally just watching her just pull up from anywhere and just she's the reason.
1: She's the reason the girls' team is there where they are right now. They're not that good. I hate to say it. They're not that good. Without if you remove Caitlin Clark, they're not good. No. But I'm just like very impressed and I want to see them keep going. I'll probably tune into that game also. Um but Caitlin Portland. Clark, I just had a shout her out. Incredible. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Def, absolute
0: phenomenal player. Probably. I mean, I don't watch a lot of women's basketball, so I guess I don't know for sure, but I would argue that she is the absolute number one women's bas- college basketball player right now. <laughs> I, not that I, there There could be somebody else that I just, you know, like I don't really watch, so I don't really know. But I mean it just seems so hard to beat. Like when you look at her stats, when you look at what she can do and you look at Iowa's record overall due to her performance, it's hard to say that she's just not undoubtedly the best player in women's
1: basketball. I just looked it up and she is number one on the list Yeah. for okay. best girls basketball player in college sports right now. So that's impressive, man. Like good for her. And she's, Ashley Jones from Iowa State is number three. So, there you oh, go. Nice. There you go. You got, you got two of the best girls basketball players in Iowa. Right there. Go one Iowa. for Iowa and one for Iowa State. So, go Iowa.
0: But, um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. Tune in for those games uh, if you're listening to this in time to be able to tune in. But we'll move into our NBA up- update now. Still have not watched any true games, but... <laughs> Uh, the Kings are 37-26 and 26 right now. They beat the Thunder back-to-back. Uh, that was cool to see. And then we beat the Clippers, so we were on a little bit of a three-game win streak. However, our most recent game, which was last night, I believe, we lost to the Timberwolves. So there goes our win streak. Uh, but, I mean, it was a three-game win streak. We've been kind of back and forth. We're We have a winning record, and that's all I care about right now. Still number... I think we're still number three in the West. Um, I'll verify that, but I'm satisfied with it.
1: Yeah. Um, my Bucks lost, breaking a 21 game win streak, um, unfortunately, to the 76ers. What'd I tell you? The Sixers, the Bucks, and the Celtics all beat up on each other in the East. We are the three best teams in the East. And Sixers, they uh, came back from eighteen points uh, to win. Bucks uh, is still sit number one, though. That, yeah, we are, we are. So we're we're good. And Giannis is back, so that's good. Um, <clears throat> it kind of broke my heart because uh, Malcolm Brogdon had a game of his life for the Sixers, and he used to be a uh, Buck. It's nice to have. So it's like, damn, it's like he <clears throat> had a really good game. But uh, yeah, so the Bucks. Um, yeah, I didn't watch much this week. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not as like informative about the Bucks, but I know we lost our win streak last night. I was kind of pissed about that. Well, it's alright because
0: you guys would have been losing it anyway and a week or two from now, the Kings are going to face off against the Bucks on March 13th. Uh, that is a game we're going to we'll talk more about that next time because we will still have an episode before that game happens, but um I just as far as upcoming games though that's going to be the only one I'm going to pay any attention to just because you know, Avery and I do this podcast together
1: so for sure But yeah oh hey I went and watched uh, Creed 3 yesterday it's great yeah. You should go watch it Creed I 3 like,
0: I do like boxing boxing or MMA martial like I I do love fighting movies I don't know what it is Yeah I've always I've always low key wanted to get into some kind of like mixed martial arts or like boxing or something. I've always, I've always had a small, like, I want, I want to do this. I want to try this out. <laughs> do it. It's never too late. It is never too late. I, I got to do, do it, do it soon, soon though. If I'm going to do it, I'd
1: have to do it soon or I'm going I'm to get seriously hurt or something. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be in better shape to do it than not me. I'm go into that. No, I'm good. Uh, but no, yeah, great movie, man. You got to check it out. Uh, whenever you get a chance viewers, check it out. Good movie, uh, free, uh, free sponsorship right here. No, I'm kidding. No free <laughs> <sponsor>. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> no free sponsors,
0: man. No I'm free paid.
1: sponsor.
0: All right, guys. Well, we will see you again next week. Uh, like I said, we'll talk about the Kings and the Bucks coming up and we'll talk about March Matt. Will we have a bracket yet next week?
1: It's selection Saturday, so we can make a bracket on Sunday if we record on Sunday. So just kind of yep. we'll, we'll see
0: we'll see what we do for you guys. Uh, one way or another, we will talk a little bit about March Madness. We may or may not have brackets made yet. I don't know if we'll do Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> we will let you know I have a flight on Sunday. I'm going back to Colorado for uh, spring break for a little bit. so it, we might have to do Saturday. But just keep an eye on the Instagram. We will make brackets for sure at some point. We will post both my and Avery's brackets on our Instagram page, Challenge to Call. Um, so be on the lookouts for that. Outside of that, Avery, sign
1: us off. All right, guys. I got three words to say Fear the Deer, go Keegan Murray, go Hawks, and. Fear